Welcome back to the Burning Phoenix podcast and our explorations into a new renaissance with Richard Emerson. And uh, this week, today, we only have one little update, which is that we are still working on the sphere of Venus in Dante's Paradiso. And we're going to make another recording with Professor Robert Louis Abrahamson probably sometime in two weeks. So towards the end of the month, we're going to have a new episode on the third sphere in Paradiso, which is very interesting. Um, there are many, many different aspects as usual, but one of them is how Dante implicitly is talking about how your inner state, kind of the state of your soul, especially if it's oriented towards the virtues and kind of the good things versus the vices, uh, how that, how like, your internal orientation is affecting and shaping the external world around you. And then also then how much influence and agency you can have as a person in influencing both how you see the world and also how other people will see you and respond to you. So one of the ways Dante is, just giving a little teaser here, one of the ways Dante is uh, is expressing this is through the way he is questioning the blessed souls and then the way they relate back to him because they very much reflect his his way of of formulating a question and he's his approaching out of the spirit of his question whether it's a very lovely loving one or friendly one impersonal one lofty one a warm one and so on so that's all for the updates and then we're going to have a listener question and then a topic for the week today and the questions today is from uh, adam in st louis missouri so he's a linguistic linguistic student and also then a podcaster and his podcast is unlimited opinions so the first question which is about your favorite discovery learning moment from reading medieval or classical literature a specific moment that changed your life or the trajectory uh, here adam says uh, that uh, this is um, this might not technically be medieval or classical, but since this author really embodies the medieval spirit in the modern day, I do have to say reading J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, The Silmarillion, and all the rest. Tolkien opened my eyes to the possibility of viewing language as an art form, which has guided my path all the way through to the present day, as I'm now going to get two degrees in about six months, one in linguistics and one in classics. This whole process started with that initial discovery of the true beauty of language with Tolkien. Tolkien has also opened my eyes to the idea of imbuing literature with morality, as his works are very fundamentally Christian or Catholic, uh, and this was the case with really all medieval literature but it seems to have been replaced in most modern art forms with a desire to be subversive in some way. So this is uh, very well <laughs> formulated. We don't have that many to add to this, just saying that these are very excellent points. So we just wanted to pass this on. Uh, just to note that how Tolkien is fundamentally non-modern in his writing and his outlook and in his whole cosmology. So Tolkien really is a great example of how we might approach the idea of a new rebirth, a new renaissance in a very practical way. This whole idea of connecting the heaven and the earth, getting the transcendent back as the overall frame for your cosmology and your outlook is very much implicitly described and expressed through Tolkien's work. So even though he is doing this implicitly, Tolkien, uh, it's not widely recognized as such at the moment, but this might 
be more obvious if the culture and society and people are starting to regain a sense of kind of the bigger frame and then they might see how how that is like that is the frame from which the whole uh, the whole work and all the books from J.R.L. Tolkien comes from. Okay, and then for the conundrum, Adam writes, The biggest dilemma that I'm trying to solve is where I'm going after graduation. I'm in the process of applying to grad schools to get a master's or a PhD in linguistics. It's equally exciting and terrifying as once I apply, it will be months until I hear which programs I've been accepted to. So it'll be a time where I'm just not sure where I'm going to end up. So this is maybe one of the biggest topics if you're in the kind of the uh, the, the younger part of life uh, to choose kind of your path when you're in the late teens and the early 20s. So in terms of life choices, this is very, very big. And it's so hard to say anything concrete for like one specific person. We just wanted to connect this to some of the, the bigger considerations that might kind of apply broadly. And then first drawing from Dante, that when you try to think about this, this big, big question, the overall approach that he would, um, would recommend or suggest is like starting from the top and then avoid the whole idea of ending up in a dark forest, metaphorically, in life, meaning that being separated from, from the mystery and from, from the bigger frame of also the spiritual. And then of seeking humility and openness to the abundance of, of heaven and of the good. So as long as the overall outlook is a balance of the earthly and the transcendent, then the choices might become a lot more clear very quickly. In the sense of choosing a path that at least not closes this door, but leads to a life where it could, to some degree, at least be a part of your daily life or the weeks in general. So if your choices, kind of these bigger choices, will lead you to an environment where this is discouraged implicitly or explicitly, it might not be so good longer term, it might not be the greatest choice. Uh, another overall perspective could be to look at Aristotle, the Greek philosophy with eudaimonia, which is then about happiness. And the, uh, Aristotle describes happiness here as like a life that is lived in participation and engagement with virtue. So that's another one of those uh, generic starting points when you think about kind of life, life paths and choices. And in addition, a couple of things, you can just remember that uh, to have this balance, which is then a balance, it's not about like either or having it, but it's more about how much and then how this is a part of like the overall balance between several different things in your life and your priorities. And then also your choices usually depend on, on the person, the individual person after that with interests, passions, talents, the natural skill set, and ambitions in general. And then also, as a last thought here, there are many ways to a happy and fulfilling life, also for one individual person. So just for you as a person, there could be 10 or 20 or even more great paths for you to choose in your life that will all be good and give you happiness. But then some paths are better to be avoided. But then as a final thought on this, it sounds like uh, Adam has really made great choices already with linguistics and classics. So uh, we're just happy to hear this and we really wish him the best of luck for the next, uh, next steps and next choices in the whole bigger journey of life. So 
that's all we have for the listener questions this week. Uh, we'll be back in a few moments with the second part within the topic of the primary virtues. So we'll be back soon. Stay with us. And we're back with the second part of this week's Burning Phoenix. And today we'll briefly look at the primary virtues or the cardinal virtues. Like these four cardinal virtues that are so integral to Dante's philosophy and also in general the European history and moral philosophy for almost two and a half thousand years. So this is a this is a, like an incredible and fascinating little map to start pondering deeper questions and dilemmas. So this is partly following up on on the discussion we had last week about, for example, one one question or dilemma sometimes, like when to speak up for your beliefs and defend your deeper values and so on. Or then when to let it just pass and look at the bigger picture and choosing your battles in life wisely. Because we mentioned then temperance as, a, as a one virtue that could be helpful in this context. Uh, but now we're going to expand it and we're going to talk about these four virtues from the ancient and medieval times. So and we just want to clarify a couple of things with the translations. So they're widely known to be prudence, courage, temperance, and justice. But the f- main one is what they called prudenza in Latin, prudence. So if you look in the dictionary, prudence would be defined as something like cautiousness, even if many people think it's partly using wisdom as well. But if you look at what prudenza means in the Latin, it is more something like the capacity of the intellect to direct the discernment of truth and the morally good. So this is extremely important. <laughs> this is the main virtue of the four primary virtues, which is then about discerning truth and the morally good. That is the starting point. And these four virtues, they're called cardinal virtues because cardinal means, it just comes from the word hinge, like that, which things hinge on. So you could just call them the primary virtues. They go all the way back to Plato and Aristotle. They're in the Nicomachean Ethics, for example. They're also very prominent in Cicero, also in St. Augustine, and then 1,300 years later, 1,200 years later, with St. Thomas Aquinas and Dante. So these four primary virtues have such a long history both in the Greek profane philosophy and then also in the, in the old Catholic theology. So with that as a background, I'm just going to look at these four once again. So the, the main, most important one is then prudence to discern truth and the morally good. And then you have courage, which is, is it means something like the intellectual strength to endure challenges and hardships. So it's much more than just being brave or kind of being this uh, fearless soldier warrior, but it's about uh, your mental and intellectual strength to manage and endure all these different challenges. Okay, the third one is temperance. So this is defined as the virtue of self-control, moderation, and restraint. So this is much more similar to what people generally would associate with the word temperance. It's also interesting here that like, we can talk for hours about these virtues, but temperance is that which, uh, that you can use against the uh, devices of incontinence. 
like you have them in Inferno, like these passions that if you follow these passions without any rational intellectual discernment or like evaluation of them, then you get into all these vices and mistakes of just be becoming a slave to your passion, losing your freedom, and then also you're losing your, your agency. So the way to stop that is temperance, the virtue of self-control. And then the fourth one is justice. And this is very much summed up in the way Dante is, uh, is describing, in many ways, the whole divine comedy. So justice is about judging the right consequences according to actions and exercise of free will. So this is very much kind of the personal part. How do you use your free will in the world? And then what, how do we judge the consequences of this in the right way? This is in many ways the whole Paradiso and Inferno is how Dante describes this as what, what will be the consequences according to, to, to which actions you choose to do. Okay, so these are then again the four primary virtues and they are great if you want to evaluate something like a dilemma, something that might feel as a paradox, a big crossroads in your life. But if you zoom back and look at like many, like several years at a time or decades, then you might use these virtues to, to, um, to think about things and to evaluate and to have a, like, develop a more clear picture. And then again, to navigate kind of through life on the journey. And it's so good that prudence in its base original version means truth and to be a good person. So you can, in some ways, you can just take, like, if you want to just remember one thing about the primary virtues, the main thing it just says is that you should seek truth and try to be a good person. That's kind of the summary. If you just keep this in mind, to seek, try, seek the truth and try to be a good person. And then the other ones will support this, like to seek the truth, you need courage, same to be a good person. You also need temperance to be a good person, and you also need justice in the sense to, to judging correctly what is the actions, what is the consequences of actions and, and, and how you use your free will. And then you can see already that these virtues then start to loop into each other and back and they work on a kind of a web that is together working and they're generative because if you have more, uh, if you discern truth and the morally good, you will then have, uh, like your temperance will improve, probably your courage as well, and then also your ability for justice will improve and that will, again, go back to giving you a better ability to discern more truth and more of the morally good and virtue. So that is a part of the joy of this if you start thinking about this because it will suddenly start to like mutually reinforce each other. Okay, so that's all we wanted to say about these four virtues. Uh, you can see in Dante, like they are present in the opening of purgatory, like the whole purification process as these four guiding stars in the sky and they are shining on the face of Cato as this figure of integrity and character. Um, but then they're kind of more implicit as he goes, the pilgrim goes through these terraces to purify the different vices because the, these four virtues, they don't correspond 100% to kind of each of the most uh, damaging vices. It's more like an overall framework for your life and for your own orientation and understanding of the moral the moral structure, the moral fabric of reality and how to, to be a good person and to keep discerning the truth. Uh, okay, so that's all we wanted to say this week on the main 
topic and um, hope some of this has been uh, interesting and hope you're still having a great day and we will be back soon with another episode see you then <laughs>